Hey guys, so today's episode we will be covering depression, suicide, and other topics relating to mental health. My guest has an incredible story of how she was able to overcome her depression using ketamine infusion therapy, as well as the various steps she took in terms of safeguarding her mental health. With that being said, and the times being as it is now, if you or someone you know are struggling, please don't ever be afraid to reach out or ask for help. There are a multitude of resources, and I will be linking a few that I mentioned in the description below. This is such an important topic to me because not only have I suffered through my own depression, but I've also been dealing a lot of anxiety this year um, in both my personal life and as well as academics in being that I'm a college student in remote learning. So I know I definitely would have wanted to hear what you'll be hearing in this episode. I hope you stick around to the end and are just as inspired and as heartened as I was when I was recording this episode. All right, so why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? My name is Fatine Yurandi. I go by Tina Yurandi, and I am currently a clinical project manager at an eye research institute. I am a first-generation Iranian immigrant. I immigrated to the U.S. at 10 years old. Tina, the reason why I wanted to do this episode with you, and obviously you expressed um, that you wanted to do this, is you have a very interesting story. And so I guess like kind of the first question is, um, so we're going to, I'll kind of, I'll let you introduce the topic because this is obviously more relevant to you than it is to me. So why don't you go ahead and just kind of discuss a little bit and like introduce. Yeah, definitely. Um, The reason why I wanted to do this uh, podcast with you today is because I want to dive a little bit deeper into the issue of mental health, in particular, uh, depression and anxiety, um, because uh, I guess, unfortunately, um, it's something that I personally um, had been struggling with on a very severe level for the past five years. Mm. And it has now been four months since I've gotten pretty much complete relief from it. Um, via a radical treatment in the form of ketamine infusion. And one of the reasons why I wanted to do this podcast was to um, talk about that in particular and basically the miracle that it was in my life and how it, I can say, quite literally saved my life. Mm -hmm. So what exactly is ketamine infusion? Can you kind of go a little bit into that? Absolutely. So ketamine is... Um, an anesthetic. Um, It had been used uh, since World War II um, because it's very, um, I guess, mild in its side effects. So it's a very powerful sedative, yet it doesn't really have a lot of um, kind of these side effects that maybe other anesthetics um, have. Um, But what's basically uh, been happening is in the past um, 10 years, there has been research conducted into its very powerful antidepressive, anti-anxiety, anti-bipolar, anti-OCD properties. So a lot of these like myriad of, of um, mental illnesses, um, it has been basically a breakthrough in the medical community in terms mm-hmm. of um, just what it can do. Um, people might also know ketamine as special K. That's like the street. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, it is a party drug uh, in milder doses. It is euphoric and, you know, it kind of gives you a psychedelic trip. Um, but in a very particular dose, um, it has been shown to actually reform connections in the brain and reform synapses that might have been lost um, from depression. Depression can actually change brain chemistry um, mm-hmm. when when you don't 
for example, fire, you know, your, your neurons from like happy experiences over time, they stop firing. So the more you reinforce certain kind of, um, connections between, between your neurons, um, the stronger they get. So when you don't use it, you kind of lose it. And, um, ketamine has been around, like I said, for about 10 years and it's just recently gotten kind of more widespread popularity through documentaries that have been made and, Mm -hmm. um, these clinics that I've been able to, uh, start operating, um, outside of hospitals and outside of, you know, really legitimate settings where you've got either a psychiatrist or an anesthesiologist, you know, both medical doctors administering it, um, in very, you know, uh, measured doses and, um, you know, and it's been, uh, researched and through, um, you know, research, uh, it's been shown over a series of different kind of experiments and, and over, um, a long time, at least the 10 years that it's been kind of approved um, to be extremely effective. Mm. And so how did you end up hearing about this? Good question. So in the depth of my depression, about like three years ago, you know, um, just kind of out of desperation, I was looking up um, all kinds of treatments because um, one of the reasons why you get ketamine infusion treatments is because you have not been responsive to traditional medication. Mm-hmm. So in my experience, I tried four different medications over the last five years in different combinations and different doses and nothing was working. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember one night I was laying in bed and I just went down the rabbit hole of YouTube and <laughs> found this documentary about ketamine. And at the time I remember thinking like, wow, that's like as, as crazy as it gets. Like, I would never, my, like my mom wouldn't even want me to do this. Like, this is crazy. Like I would never be able to like inject myself with something. This mm-hmm. is too much. Um, so I kind of like filed it away in the back of my head. Didn't really think about it again until um, living away from family. Um, when I moved to LA last year, um, kind of got the best of me. And I kind of had like another dip. Mm-hmm. There was periods within the five years where I was doing all right Mm -hmm. like definitely wasn't happy definitely wasn't thriving but like i was all right i was okay being alive Mm -hmm. um but when i moved to uh, north hollywood just my living situation and this and that um i went into another dip and um this time it was really bad the the suicidality was really high Mm -hmm. um and it just got to a point where i just felt so exhausted from fighting Mm -hmm. you know i just didn't have it in and I was seriously considering suicide. And, and I, I had a, a suicide attempt in the past um, and within the five years. So I was really scared. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's this crazy like battle you have within your head where you know you don't want to die. But at the same time, living is so hard. You mm-hmm. just you don't know what to do. So death becomes a more viable option at mm-hmm. that point. Um, and so I started considering you know more radical treatments because i was like okay obviously pills aren't getting me anywhere how mm-hmm. many different combos am i going to try because they they come with like a myriad of, myriad of like side effects and things like that yeah um and i actually started looking into tms which is like trans uh trans uh, cranial magnetic stimulation where they put like this helmet on your head and they fire um 
magnet, uh, magnet, like magnetic uh, fields or whatever at your, at your brain. <laughs> and it's oh, supposed okay, to yeah, target yeah. like a certain part of like deep, deep within your brain. Um, I was also considering ECT, um, electro, electroconvulsive therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gone a lot more modernized, but it's that thing where like they jolt you and you literally have like a seizure mm-hmm. and that, that's a whole crazy thing. People like bite their tongue off. People like oh rip gosh. muscles. People it's really it's a it's like a really really strong um seizure that they induce mm-hmm. um and then one of the other options was ketamine so i was like of all the like three like extreme treatments which one do i want to do and i looked up ketamine clinics and there was one right in laguna beach and i kind of took that as a sign like it's right here like maybe i should just yeah. go talk to somebody right there and um i went and had a consultation over the phone and had this like heart to heart with the nurse and she was just so caring and she cried on the phone with me, you know, just ex- explaining my situation and like what mm-hmm. I've been going through and it just felt right. And I consulted my psychiatrist and the most frustrating part was that he was like, oh yeah, I know about ketamine. I'm actually licensed to administer it like nasally. Um, so like, I know about this and yeah, it's totally effective. I'm like, my dude, I've been seeing you for the last three years. Like, you know, the medication has not been working. Like, why didn't you tell me about it? Mm-hmm. Which is why I've kind of taken on like an advocate role now. Mm-hmm. And I want to like tell as many people as I can, just because I feel like it's still kept on the down low, mm-hmm. perhaps because of pharmaceutical companies and things like that. Um, so yeah, I just decided to, to give it a try. And I will... And my answer at that point, because I know you probably have follow-up questions. I don't want to all blend into each other. (laughs) I guess I do have a couple of questions, but I kind of want to say first that I really liked, the reason why this sparked so much interest in me is because um, depression, mental health has been something that's kind of been like in my life uh, ever since I was a kid. I grew up around it, not just like, not like just me, but also like my family. Um, It's, we... I don't know if it's like a hereditary thing or a genetic thing, but um, on my, on my dad's side, um, the entire side of the family has always had a history with mental health, um, with depression. And even myself, both me and my brother, we have ADHD and then we've been on medication um, since, since we're very young. And so there's a whole loop of side effects from that, that cause all sorts of things. And I have my own depression story, but I, I think also another take is that I'm also in college and especially I go to a technical, so I go to a not technical school, I go to an engineering school mm-hmm. and depression's real in college, especially your first year. Oh, yeah. And so I've, I've heard so many stories of people talking about how they were already depressed in high school and they're coming into college. And obviously, you know, you're a small fish in a huge pond now. Exactly. Away from your family. Your Away from your network, family. At, you know. yeah, yeah, exactly. And people really do suffer a lot. Obviously this is kind of a, I think this is a really good story for them to hear and be like, Hey, here's someone who's gone through like the depths, but is willing to talk about it. Um, and then in terms of the ketamine treatment, I was, I, I'm kind of like intrigued by the fact that this is like, obviously a very extreme treatment and there's obviously going to be people out there who are the skeptics. I'm a skeptic myself, Uh but obviously I am always open to entertain whatever conversation may ensue. Uh And so for me, what was like your biggest hesitation before um, you considered this treatment? Like when you first heard about it, obviously you heard about it way before you um, officially decided to start it. 
what was kind of your big hesitation? And then obviously you said you were kind of very desperate at the time, but was there like a specific moment where you're like, you know what, maybe these extreme treatments aren't so bad? Yeah, totally. Um, my biggest hesitation is I'd always been kind of like a straight edge person. So, mm -hmm. so I kind of made it a point not to put too many foreign chemicals in my body that I didn't have mm -hmm. to. And kind of having heard about ketamine and how it was a party drug and things like that, I kind of associated with illicit drugs, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? So, um, and I just don't know, I, I felt like I wouldn't have the support and I, I don't know why that was such a like big thing for me. Like I didn't need anybody's permission, I'm an adult, but I just felt like I would be judged or um, I would be looked at as crazy if anybody found out like, oh, this person had to like inject themselves with something to be normal, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I, I just kind of felt like it was maybe taboo a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, and to be honest, um, I'm always hesitant about using a drug that hasn't been on the market for too long. You know, um, a yeah. lot of these antidepressants, they've been on the market for decades and they still get, you know, um, adverse events and things like that mm -hmm. that come out and recalls and this and that so i was like man 10 years that's nothing like we don't know what the long-term results of this are going to be um so i would actually say that was my biggest hesitation um was was not knowing what the long-term implications of doing a treatment like this would be um if like 20 years down the road they're going to come out and say oh actually <laughs> it's going to do this to you now <laughs> um but again i think you have to like weigh your pros and cons and I got to a point personally where, I mean, it was probably a matter of like weeks, if not months before I took an action that mm -hmm. could have possibly ended my life, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, desperate call times call for desperate measures, but, but having, having looked into it, um, I wasn't going to go in blind, obviously. So I, I did as much research as I could, um, the papers, the research papers that are out, on ketamine actually show it to be very safe and again because it's already been used as a, um, a uh, sedative and anesthetic um, you know people had been using it for decades mm -hmm. um, just you know I guess maybe in different doses um, mm -hmm. but yeah I just decided you know it's it's worth a shot um, if it's as kind of side effect free as they say I don't think it's going to have any long-term implications mm -hmm. um and yeah I just uh it was between that or or having a seizure induced and ain't nobody got time for that <laughs> <laughs> so I my next question and this, you can feel free not to answer if you don't want to uh -huh. but um what was the kind of the experience like, just like if people were interested? Oh, I will be happy to talk to you about the experience because it was a trip. I mean, so not only is it working on like a chemical level in your mm -hmm. brain, but you literally are experiencing a trip, a psychedelic trip. Mm -hmm. So what ends up happening is um, you go into the clinic and um, they literally bring out the IV and the needle and they uh, kind of... Uh, stick you and they start administering the medication and within five to ten minutes you start feeling woozy and you start kind of feeling out of body and you start kind of losing control um of, of your body like your physical body and within like 20 minutes you kind of slip into this um <clears throat> state where it's called a k-hole <laughs> so <laughs> so it's like you're awake 
and you're you're pretty aware of what's yeah. going on. Like if somebody talks to you, you hear them, you understand, you could even maybe talk back, mm-hmm. but you have absolutely no control of what you're seeing. What, and your eyes are closed. When I say what you're seeing is what you're seeing in your head. Mm-hmm. Um, so your eyes are closed. They, they put a little um, eye mask thingy on you. And um, you just you just go into this psychedelic trip. And, and for me, um, each treatment was different. Because uh, for ketamine uh, infusion, you actually do six treatments. Mm-hmm. So you go in uh, three times one week, three times the next week. So it's, it's split up. You're supposed to get six total treatments within 14 days. <clears throat> And each treatment, honestly, is different. So they start you at a lower dose the first time just to get a feel for how you're going to react. So the first time what happened to me, um, I was completely aware. I was completely coherent. I didn't actually go into a K-hole. But I just purged so many feelings and so many emotions. Um, Mm -hmm. Kind of part of the reason why one of the components that led to my depression was I actually... uh, quit dental school even though I got into the best dental school in the country Mm -hmm. and that was a huge identity crisis for me and a huge sense of failure I've always been a very like a type personality and to me like the ultimate thing to be was a doctor and anything else would be a failure and this and that so for me to walk away from that life um even though I knew it wasn't suited for me um I just couldn't shake the sense of failure so I had this (laughs) I had this really intense heart to heart with the anesthesiologist that was administering the medication. Mm -hmm. And I just, you know, was sobbing the whole time and telling her like I failed. And she told me she got super emotional. She told me about her sister who is an algebra teacher and she's the best damn algebra teacher that exists. And people like who go to college write to her and tell her like what an impact she made on them. Um, And, and, you know, like, her parents like the doctor's parents are equally proud of both kids and mm-hmm. you know just kind of like I don't know open my eyes I guess to like another way of looking at things and mm-hmm. and she you know she told me you know success is defined as being the best and trying your best at whatever you do it doesn't matter what you do you can be good at anything and still be a success and um in that kind of altered state I really like absorbed it because I'd heard that stuff before. Yeah. I had talked to so many people about this already. Um, but for whatever reason, under the influence of ketamine, like my brain just kind of like, like took it all in and really kind of ingrained it. Mm-hmm. So that first trip was dealing with that issue. Um, and then I tried to go in with like a really positive mindset and, and kind of set myself up for success with each treatment. Because I figured, you know, how you come in is going to affect the type of trip you have. Um, but it was kind of out of my control, to be honest. On, on days where I thought I was totally in a good mood, I had, like, the darkest trip. I had, like, just this, like, black abyss that I was in and mm-hmm. kind of represented my depression. And then, um, so each one had its own flavor. Um, but the very last one, the very last one was so important for me to end on a high note and Mm -hmm. I was so nervous going in and I just wanted it to be good because I felt like it was going to determine like the conclusion of the whole thing Mm -hmm. and honestly like I could not have asked for a better experience than what I had for the sixth treatment Mm -hmm. um I just was consumed with love like that's the only way I can put it like the whole theme was just love I am loved Mm -hmm. I have a lot of love to give the world is full of love everything is love like just it was a beautiful beautiful trip and it kind of 
kind of left me with like a sense of higher purpose. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to say you can't, you can't convey what a psychedelic trip like that is to someone who hasn't experienced it. So yeah. it, like, it sounds cheesy, maybe what I'm saying, but I, it kind of gave me like a higher purpose. I was like, you know, if, if the universe or my mind or consciousness, whatever revealed that love is kind of my angle and like my thing, then like, yeah, I'm going to go out and like give love to the world and, and try and be the best person that I can be. And, and it's okay. Like I'm going to forgive myself for the last five years. Like it wasn't my fault. Cause I had a lot of like feelings of guilt too. associated mm-hmm. with going through what I went through. Um, so yeah, each trip was, was definitely its own kind of thing. Um, everything from super scary. Like one of the trips was super scary. I just was in this like unknown universe and and felt like I have no control of my body. And my body felt like it was like stretching and melting and just that utter sense of like lack of control was pretty unnerving. Mm -hmm. Um, But for the most part, being in a clinical setting where I was in a hospital and I knew the anesthesiologist was literally watching me in a camera and like I had all kinds of monitors hooked up to me kind of, gave me a sense of relief and I was able to kind of just really allow myself to be taken by it wherever mm-hmm. it was going to take me, knowing I was going to be safe, knowing I could always be pulled out of it if, if need be. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely a trip. It's you, you got to go in knowing like you're going to see some things, you're going to experience some things, but that's the whole point in a way again, other than what's actually happening in your brain on a chemical level. So with all that, I'm only going to ask this one question. Yeah. How do you approach life now versus before? Um, I think that the aspect of love that I mentioned um, is a little bit more, um, is a little bit more alive in me. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you can only feel like crap for so long before you get jaded and you get bitter and you get angry Mm -hmm. at the world you know um but the sheer fact that my anxiety for example was gone within the second treatment i used i got to the point and i thought this would go away when i moved back home when i moved back to orange county from north hollywood because i'd been experiencing what i'm about to say north hollywood on a daily basis but i thought once i come home like it would be gone and it wasn't so i would wake up with so much anxiety that I would literally every morning be hurled over my toilet, like gagging, like feeling like I'm going to throw up and just, just literally I would get up in the morning, just feel like my stomach, my intestines were getting wrung and I would just be bent over the toilet, just dry heaving and gagging and, you know, trying to calm myself down for no reason, for mm-hmm. no reason. And, you know, I realized like it's, it's out of my control at this point, mm-hmm. like whatever's happened in my, in my brain, like it, this is not just a matter of like, Hey, suck it up and be happy. Everything's good. Like we're beyond that now. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, just the fact that again, like within the second treatment, I woke up and I was fine. I woke up and I was energized. Like I actually had energy to get out of bed. That's something I hadn't experienced for five years, if you can imagine. You know, um, so that gave me like a lot of confidence that this was already working even mm-hmm. before the whole thing was over. And then definitely by the time the sixth treatment came and went, like, I mean, I was already, I was better. I was good. And, you know, thankfully the cool thing with, with ketamine infusion is um, for some people it's permanent. You'll never go back to that state again. Um, as long as with a caveat, as long as you have a lifestyle change too. Right. So, so the doctors were actually like emphasizing that a lot. 
um, there's no like one magic solution without effort on your part. Mm-hmm. So you got to do your exercise. You got to you know eat well. You got to socialize. Whatever you have to do to be like a normal, healthy person. Um, but having done those other components of my life or trying to do it as as much as I could, um, just the yeah the utter relief, the utter relief of like waking up normal for once, waking up feeling okay, waking up feeling like the first thought that comes into my head is not shit. I'm still alive. Mm-hmm. That was literally the first thought that would that would the second I would like become conscious and like wake up, I say shit. I'm still in this world. And that's no way to live. Yeah, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, <laughs> that's that's like a really crazy story, and I'm so glad. Obviously, we all love you in the gym. So for those who don't know, I know Tina from jujitsu, as like most of my people Yay! on my podcast, the anaconda <laughs> right here. <laughs> but um. No, I think, yeah, you have an amazing story. Um, and I, I love your attitude and your energy that you bring into the gym. Because, like, looking at you, obviously, you never know what's going on in someone's life right. just by looking at them. And I think um, if this doesn't speak for it, um, I don't know what will. Right. But I'm, I'm so glad to have you here. Because um, I know that, again, like I said, I'm in college. I've, I've heard so many stories. Uh, I know people who are like, I don't want to go out. I don't want to join a club. I don't want to even go to the dining hall because of my anxiety. Right. Hell, I've even gone through anxiety. It's like COVID-19 right now, 2020, exactly. right? Yeah. So it's, I think this is something very refreshing. And in that regard, what would you, what kind of resources would you give to people if they were either interested in this or maybe they had like hesitations, but like, um, you know, they are suffering through like depression or anxiety. Like what kind of things did you go through? Yeah, definitely. Um, So there's definitely uh, steps and I guess levels to this whole thing. You would never walk off the street and get a ketamine infusion treatment. So ketamine infusion treatment is looked at as a last resort type of thing. Mm -hmm. So you have to have a referral from your psychiatrist um, attesting that you've tried other things and they failed and they have to Mm -hmm. kind of give a recommendation and things like that. So if you're not at that level that I was, um, I would highly recommend first and foremost a therapist. So mm-hmm. I see a therapist on a weekly basis. I I'm probably going to continue seeing my therapist probably for the rest of my life. Um, I I don't think it hurts to sit in front of a professional and talk to someone who's objective and mm-hmm. you know has gone to school for what they're doing. Um, but I think seeing a therapist is the first line of defense. And then honestly, there is no shame in using medication we're fortunate enough to live in the time that we live thank god for modern medicine thank god for the drugs that exist on the market Mm -hmm. um if it had worked for me awesome i wouldn't have need to do this you know Mm -hmm. but it didn't work for me for some people unfortunately it doesn't work um but for a lot of people it works and at some points in my life it did work again like i i did go through kind of like these like like dips and and whatnot with it um and in the beginning the medication would work and then it would stop working for example so um medication is is definitely an option a viable option um and then just lifestyle choices you know um depression unfortunately and anxiety and all of that um it's kind of this monster that makes you your own enemy Mm -hmm. that's how i describe it like, you know what you're supposed to do. You know you're supposed to get out and exercise and get fresh air and move and be active and things like that. But 
but every fiber of your being wants to hide in a dark room under the covers Mm -hmm. and not see anyone, not talk to anyone. So if you can kind of get the strength and the will to kind of go against that, like opposite action, you want to do something, but you do the opposite of it. Mm -hmm. Um, I highly recommend that because at the end of the day, your lifestyle choices are half of the battle. So I think that raises another good point. Um, it's kind of like, I guess, more of the social um, aspects. So obviously, like, one thing I wanted to bring up with you is, like, the whole idea of therapy. So, like, full disclosure, I am also in therapy, too. I see my therapist no um, on a yeah. weekly basis. I do online counseling. So if anyone needs to hook up, let me know. Because <laughs> I definitely have had my own thing. So I think... You know, I think it is good. I've recommended therapy to a lot of, like, people who have been like, oh, hey, I'm not doing so great. I'm like, well, maybe you should talk to someone. And I think I, I think it's a lot better now because, obviously, um, with, you know, social media ads, there's, like, advertisements for online therapy now, which mm-hmm. is great, especially mm-hmm. like, throughout Instagram. But I think there's still definitely a stigma, especially with, like, younger, with the younger generation, like my generation, okay. about seeing um, a therapist. Because we all say, oh, it's good to talk to someone, but what we actually have to do, it's like, I have to talk to someone. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Um, so I just kind of wanted to, well, what was your, what's your take on, did you feel supported when you wanted to see a therapist or a counselor or? I was, I was lucky enough to come across some of the best psychologists. Mm-hmm. Um, can't, can't say the same thing about psychiatrists. So I have beef with psychiatry. Like that's a whole other thing. Mm-hmm. They see you for 10 to 15 minutes at a time literally just ask you what your like side effects are what your symptoms are if you're feeling any better it's super robotic they're typing away at their computer the whole time and then they send you on your on your merry way with either a new prescription or dosage you know change or whatever it's so impersonal it's so you know the opposite of intimate you Mm -hmm. i only had i did have one psychiatrist who would actually sit there and like talk to me almost give me like talk therapy Mm -hmm. um and she she genuinely cared so she was definitely an exception um i saw three or four i can't remember the different psychiatrists and she was the only one that i felt like even remotely cared Mm -hmm. um but in terms of therapy and psychiatry psychologists um honestly they kept me alive Mm-hmm. that's all I can say at a time when things could go one of both ways seeing them on a consistent basis is what kept me going I I can't talk highly enough of what therapy does um, these are trained professionals they've got technique they've got experience they've got you know a whole wealth of knowledge that they can bestow on you from a totally objective unbiased way mm-hmm. um, and if you, you know, happen to meet one that you click with, I think it's important to kind of sort through and filter and, and say like, okay, what am I looking for? For example, like mine, I noticed um, the one that I really clicked with was younger. She was just like a couple years older than me. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I could talk to her about like almost like socially relevant stuff associated with like what I'm going like let's say like dating or whatever you know Mm -hmm. um I felt a lot more comfortable talking to her so there's all kinds of therapists all ages all whatever and if you find the right one it's a game changer Mm -hmm. it really is yeah I've this is so surprisingly I've actually been seeing therapists 
Uh, been psychologist since, man, since I was really young. Um, because like my mom, so I have ADHD. I, I think I mentioned that at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, I have ADHD. And so my mom like really wanted to make sure that I was, you know, doing okay. And obviously dealing with all like the stuff cause it's a learning disability. Right. And I was a super hyperactive kid. <laughs> I mean, I still, I am now, <laughs> obviously you won't, well, not obviously you wouldn't know it, but I work out so much to combat that. Nice, Anyways, nice. um, I was on medication for such a young age and one of the medications was a downer. To kind of like, you know, simmer me down because yeah. of the hyperactivity. Yeah. And so those often cause, those medications are kind of known to cause depressive feelings. So I, I was like on three medications at one point. One was a downer um, to kind of like reduce like my hyperactivity. Another one was like an upper. So it was like a mood stabilizer oh. to make sure I wasn't depressed <laughs> as a kid. Okay. So it was like to like only stabilize my mood. Honestly, I don't even know how these medications work. <laughs> but know, and then there was like another one that I have absolutely knew, no idea what it was for. Sometimes they're boosters. They're boosters to other, other medications. Yeah, I yeah, don't. I, maybe, maybe it was something like that. But um, for me, I I always had a bad experience with psychologists, just because like I felt like all the time they were literally just there to tell me it's like, hey, make your bed, you know do the dishes and it's like why am I seeing someone every week for just them to reiterate do you feel like your age had something to do with it do you feel like you because you were maybe younger I I think for me doing it a lot younger definitely um wasn't beneficial to me just Mm -hmm. because I was like what what is this for it wasn't until I was older and then I was like I think my senior year of high school is when I was like hey I want an actual like psychologist I want an actual person but I want to look for them myself Mm -hmm. um and that's when I actually started, like, my more, I guess, modern or recent kind of therapy journey. So, yeah, I mean, I definitely think that more people should do it just because of all the things that I hear. You know, obviously, uh, sometimes campus resources aren't necessarily the best. However, <laughs> there's plenty of there's plenty of platforms out there now uh, that you can use. Like, I use an online counseling service called BetterHelp. It's okay. it's really good. I like it. Um, but do you feel comfortable talking to the person? Do you feel like you can open up the way you open up, let's say, here today? I so I'm a very much like because I'm used to the whole podcasting setting. So I think for me, I I can as long as I can talk to someone. Like if I had to like type out all my feelings onto a page oh. and just give it to someone and just be like and wait for them to read it, that's not gonna work for me. I'm a very like in person or like very like I don't I like hearing voices. Totally, I'm, yeah. I'm a very like voice person. If that makes no, sense. No, you're very social. Yeah. Yeah. So um, for me, it works because we're able to do phone calls. We don't necessarily do video calls, but um, mm. we do phone calls. So say if you weren't, I think it would be very beneficial to someone who wasn't like, um, didn't like to go in person to see mm-hmm. them or mm-hmm. didn't want their face to be seen. Mm-hmm. Like, especially if you're crying on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> it's easier to cry on the phone than in person sometimes because yeah. half the time you're just like, don't look at Aww. me. <laughs> but I, I like it a lot, too, because you get more interaction, because um, you can also, like, message them during the week, but... Awesome. No, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm kind of, I'm a huge advocate for counseling. I don't necessarily, like, advertise it to the world that I do therapy or whatever, but that's more so just because, like, I don't, I don't know, I don't feel like it should be such a big deal, if that makes sense. Totally, totally, and I think your friends would appreciate kind of you revealing that today and, and kind of being so open with it today. And, Mm -hmm. you know, talking about the fact that you've been seeing a therapist since you were younger. And 
Um, to me, it's like, if you get sick, you go to the doctor. If it, It's just, it's a very like nonchalant thing for me. Um, you, you're not feeling well emotionally. You want to bounce ideas off of someone and go talk to a professional. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's their job. That's what they're there for. Um, I never really saw a stigma with it. I saw a stigma with seeing a psychiatrist. Um, that to me was kind of like a little bit like next level. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> just because, you know, they, they deal with like more serious, um, yeah. you know, illnesses and things like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, between the therapists and the psychiatrists, even though I said I have beef with them, even them, you know, they saved my life in a way. And mm -hmm. I, I don't know where I would be if, if it wasn't for the help of those professionals. Mm -hmm. So um, you got to understand these are people who've dedicated their life to their craft and their craft is helping you. Mm -hmm. So, you know, who's going to, who's going to miss out if you don't go see a therapist, you, you are, you know? So mm -hmm. yeah, can't, can't recommend it enough. It's awesome. Let's see what time it is. Okay. Uh, trying to debate. So I guess we'll kind of, I guess it's a kind of a good closing point. So um, my last question for you is like, kind of what's your, what's your big takeaway? Like, what would you want people to leave with from this conversation? Um, couple of things actually um one you never know what someone's going through mm -hmm. i i was the queen of guests you never would have guessed from looking at me and from the things that i chose to portray of myself um obviously you know i did become a lot more socially isolated so i didn't put myself out there as much as i do now so it wasn't mm -hmm. so much like people even knew what was going on but they also didn't know that i was struggling so much if that makes sense mm -hmm. Um, they just didn't know anything. So you never know what someone's going through. So if you ever, you know, feel like these feelings are are only yours and, and everybody else is thriving and they're doing well and everything's peachy, that's simply not the case. So that's one thing. Second thing is as scary as some of these feelings feel, um, they are a normal human emotion even if they are at the extreme end of it and you're not um broken for having those feelings you're not malfunctioning for having those feelings you're just experiencing a more extreme form of feelings that are natural and they exist right mm -hmm. um that's another thing and the third thing is at the end of the day, like, you got to understand living where we live. And I'm talking like the United States, like not even like Orange County or whatever. Um, we have a wealth of resources. Um, there are options out there. And you should do whatever you can to seek it. Because the scariest part of mental illness is no one can help you but yourself. Mm -hmm. I had instances where I would be begging psychiatrist crying and begging them do something for me do something i can't take this anymore but they can only do so much they can only give you a pill that's on the market or you know an advice here and there it's a little bit different than physical illness where you go in and you they literally cut something out of you or you know what i mean yeah so, so you're all you have mm -hmm. 
And it's a really scary thing when the whole point of the illness is that you're not doing well. So you're having to rely on yourself when yourself is not well. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it kind of becomes this almost like vicious cycle. Um, but all I can say is like, at the end of the day, you got to have this kind of radical acceptance of your situation and say, okay, I find myself in this position. What am I going to do? And, you know, this sounds really cheesy, but like, I heard this lyric from this like Spanish song and it said like, la guerra mía la acabo yo, like I finish my war. And so to me it became like, it's a war. I'm at war. I'm mm-hmm. at war with an illness. And like, I can either retreat and give into it or I can like fight it like it's a war. And so I decided to fight, which is why like, I was like, all right, I got to go to like the next level of therapy. Like what are the more extreme options, radical options that could possibly help me? Mm-hmm. So you just, you got to understand it's a very limited, um, as, as much as there are resources out there at the end of the day, and I can't, you know, obviously emphasize enough, um, how, how beneficial they are. The scary part is that you're kind of on your own in a way, Mm. um, but you got to find the strength to fight through it. And for example, suicide should never be an option, should never be an option. Like I, I'm grateful that I, I at least had the clarity to understand that if I were to take that action a second time, um, and if it were to take, because thankfully the, the first time it didn't, um, how many lives would I devastate? You know, mm-hmm. what, would, what would be the effect on those around me? What I'm feeling now, how would I transfer that to other people that I would never want to go through that? Mm-hmm. by the virtue of what I've done mm-hmm. you know so um it's a it's a pretty kind of somber thing to to contemplate but at the end of the day you know you kind of have like you have to have these red lines within within yourself and say like that's never going to be an option I'm going to fight I'm going to do whatever I can mm-hmm. no matter how long it takes and trust me this too shall pass and it will. And it did for you. And it did. I I can't I can't even begin to like convey how different my life is. Um it's almost it's almost like a, a switch was just flipped. Like I, I didn't believe it going in. Like I didn't think I had hopes and it was my last resort. Mm-hmm. But never in a million years would I have imagined that it would have the effects that it had. I like I've been pulled from like the depths of hell and I've been put into like heaven I feel like <laughs> like <laughs> you know what I mean like yeah. I dare I say happy I'm optimistic I'm hopeful I'm excited like th- these words did not exist in my vocabulary mm-hmm. you know so it's possible trust me relief and and health and happiness is possible even if you've gone through the the worst in mental illness <laughs> i don't even know how to like wrap that up like even better than you just did so, I'm, all i'm gonna say now is thank you so much tina you're welcome Krista. thank you for giving me a platform oh, no, to talk about course, it. you never know course. who you're gonna hit with this and mm-hmm. how it, it might affect them so 
Well, once again, thank you so much. You're welcome. As always, thank you all for listening. The music in this episode was produced by Kitchen Media. If you liked the episode, subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please, don't forget to share it with your friends and family. Drop any questions, comments, or suggestions you might have on my Instagram, at boydster.chris. And if you'd like to be a part of a podcast, you can DM me there as well. Have a great weekend, everyone. And you'll hear me back for another episode of Thoughts to Start.